This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Laura Deirda. Laura is the editor-in-chief of Becker's Healthcare. She talks to, us, talks to us often about what issues she's watching closely. Laura, let me let you tee it up. Tell us, what are a few of the issues that you're watching closely currently? Thank you so much, Scott. So I think there are a few different issues that we are watching really closely here at Becker's. And, you know, it's so interesting. Um, a lot of the high-level things that we're looking at, you know, really with where the healthcare system is going and some of the big trends um, looking ahead to 2023, um, we're really seeing kind of an interesting scene being played out in terms of healthcare moving more towards a space where it's very patient-driven, patient experience-driven and focused. While at the same time, hospitals and health systems are dealing with obviously a challenging financial situation, trying to make sure that going forward, they're in a spot where they can be on a little bit more um, solid ground for many health systems in terms of finances, thinking about profitability, and revenues and those kinds of things, redesigning the healthcare system to meet the patient's needs and their own financial needs as well. And a lot of that has comes back to value-based care and really what that will look like in the future. So executives are thinking about how can they do value-based care? How can they really be leaders there without really uh, going into a super consolidation mode? And some of them have decided to go that route and been able to do that successfully, which is great. But health system executives are being pushed to value-based care, which requires a lot of data, technology, and digital transformation, especially for some mid-level systems or even independent hospitals that may not have the resources to do that. So from a strategic standpoint, one of the best ways to do that is joining into larger health systems and some of the big consolidation that we've seen recently. Um, But you know, that will help them leverage their economies of scale and really build better data sets, better contracts, and have a better understanding of healthcare for their communities so they can move forward. However, we do also see studies showing that um, traditionally the cost of care goes up in highly consolidated markets and where there is less competition between providers and the federal government is also closely monitoring consolidation in healthcare and opposing deals that would seemingly create monopolies in certain areas or uh, limit the access to care, um, really, especially in rural areas, which is a, a challenge in and of itself. And so, um, you know, it's a catch-22 to some degree for healthcare CEOs and large systems, as well as small hospitals. So they're trying to figure out how to do value-based care and how to really um, be part of that transformation and not be left behind, while at the same time, you know, keeping their eye on what the trends are um, in the, you know, the um, consolidation space and in the anti-competitive uh, policies and procedures coming forward so that they're not violating any of those issues. Um, so it's been really interesting to see them navigate that and think about how value-based care can still be done just without, you know, some of the um, traditional ways that we've seen them in the past try to build up those economies of scale. Thank you. And you've just seen recently Atrium Aurora Advocate just closed their merger, getting one of the largest houses in the country. You also see Common Spirit saying they're going back on the acquisition track, which right. you also see some of the largest houses in the country losing money in, in big numbers this year. It seems hard to change those numbers in a hurry when things go awry because they've got staff in so many places. Agencies have so much right. cost. And it becomes, uh, you know, exasperated by just the pure size and amount of bodies. But, but you do see this bigger and bigger consolidation. That's what is on the on the rise, isn't it? Regardless of the challenges that people are having running some of these major systems. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's, you know, just definitely, um, despite some of those different challenges, some of the different ways that it can be hard to manage large, sprawling health systems, really standardize the way 
that organizations have tried to in the past staying, you know, sometimes organizations try to really keep things close to the vest or, or have everything, you know, be very much standardized and, and very inside the organization. And that just becomes harder and harder as you get larger, um, you know, to really control all the different parts of it. Thank you. Laura, any others as you're watching closely right now, anything else that's top of mind? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So along those lines too, you know, one of the big things that I have heard as well as, as being a top area of focus in 2022 and will continue to be so in 2023 is health systems thinking about their outpatient strategies and really transforming what health system looks like. Obviously, there will always be brick and mortar, but in looking at whether it's telehealth or um, outpatient surgery centers, um, other ambulatory facilities that are providing care, urgent care, and those kinds of things, you know, it really seems like um, hospitals and health systems are seeing that they need to make changes here. Um, you know, the cost of inaction is much too high as insurers and uh, patients are directing more of the care to outpatient departments, not only that, but to independent surgery centers because the reimbursement rate is lower, um, but it's advantageous for them. And so it can be tough to see some of those high acuity cases such as total joint replacements, spine, cardiology, going out of the hospital and into ASCs with those lower pay rates. And, and even when it goes to health system-owned facilities, the systems are paid significantly less. And so, you know, when you're looking over the financial sheets and seeing those challenges um, and, and how health systems are suffering right now, as we talked about, uh, and tightening their margins and they see lower profits and revenue, and it can be hard to see the value of those surgery centers from the purely financial standpoint. But I've heard from some health systems that they, you know, really understand that that's where healthcare is going and they've got to make it work. Um, have that strategy and figure out, you know, what, what it is going to, how they're going to be able to um, have those kind of facilities within their network, whether it's going to be health system owned or joint ventures um, for those surgery centers, um, you know, that's really what's best for patient care. And, and they really go along the philosophy of if they can, you know, make that type of transition, um, it'll really be helpful for them down the line. You know, it, it's kind of the, the loss in the short term in order to really gain in the long term, especially during, you know, when, when we see that full value-based transition. Um, but others, you know, are, are not as receptive to that kind of um, strategy. We just reported on today that Lifespan is closing the Rhode Island Hospital Surgery Center in January to reduce costs after, you know, a multi-million dollar losses in the last year. And they're moving those cases from the surgery center back to the hospital's main facility. And procedures will be um, reimbursed at a higher rate at the hospital hospital's uh, main campus. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see how that strategy plays out in the long term. Um, so that's something we're keeping a close eye on in terms of how hospitals and health systems are reacting to, you know, the financial challenges and what they're doing, how they respond to um, their outpatient strategies as they're looking at, you know, everything that's coming down the pipe, all the changes and all the policy changes and, you know, really whether they're going to be on the forefront of that or whether they're going to have to backpedal a little bit and uh, then before they move forward. Laura, thank you as always for joining us. What a fascinating, transformative time in healthcare. What a challenging time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. One of the great leaders. Thank you very much, Laura Derrida. Thanks, Scott.